life that you did not create for yourself and now you're looking to leap from sitting back and letting life happen into you driving your own life to success. The path to a successful and wholesome life used to be a long and binding journey and usually someone else's, especially if you are a recent graduate or did not have any clue where to start. Hi and welcome to the Unique Podcast. I'm your host Anushka and in each episode of the Unique Podcast, we uncover what makes you you and we dive deep into topics that no one told you about. Each episode is defined and designed to help you identify who you are and show you who you want to become regardless of whose steps you've been following. Every week we invite fascinating impact-driven guests whether it be CEOs, coaches or world-renowned athletes who will provide you with science-based actionable strategies for greater productivity, certainty, fulfillment, success, healthy relationships, the art of change, and finding meaningful work. Are you ready to change your life? Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of the NICU podcast. I'm your host, Anushka, and today we have a very special guest joining us in to share his unique insights. So we're going to be welcoming Andrew Stewart. Andrew is an award-winning marketing and communication strategist who uses his knowledge and skill set to champion diversity and inclusion in all of his work. Andrew believes in creating brands, platforms, and programs that center around creating social good while supporting his clients' goals. Andrew is an amazing marketing guru and he's super popular for his beautifully designed marketing strategies and he's a strategist as well. He's helped brands such as Fenty, such as Sephora, Tesla, and you name it, Andrew has done it. So I'm excited for welcoming him in and this episode, our conversation touches upon things like how can you make sure that you see yourself as a personal brand and creating that sort of marketing mindset in your daily life. And you will also be talking about how to use strategic thinking to your benefit. So it's a very fun conversation. Do stay tuned in and join us for this conversation. And I'm excited. So let's get started. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the Unique Podcast. I'm so happy to have you in here with me. And you're looking bright and fine. So <laughs> I wish the audience could see you and I wish they'd go check it out on YouTube because you look beautiful and I love the painting behind you. <laughs> you are so sweet. And thank you so much for having me. You look beautiful as well. Although, you know, I'm sure we're still getting caught up on daylight savings time. But uh, it's nice to be fresh with you in the morning. Thank you, Andrew. Um, you know, to start with, more than anything, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience and hear your story as to how you got where you are and who you are. So, yeah. Sure. Well, that that could take all day, but I'll <laughs> summarize it for you super quickly. So, uh, I'm Andrew Fraser Stewart, Andrew F. Stewart on all social media. Um, I am an award-winning strategist based in digital and social media. Um, and I am now a VP at uh, a marketing agency called Argyle. Uh, we do traditional PR, we do um, creative, we do digital, we do behavior change. Um, and those are all the things that I love and they're, they're my passions. So that's where I am today. Uh, how I got there um, from, from trying really hard and stumbling and learning from my failures. Um, I think that's, you know, the overarching uh, lesson of my life is uh, is when you stumble, get up and, and persevere. 
Um, I started out in a branding agency, uh, worked my way into a traditional public relations agency, um, kind of boomed my career right as uh, digital and social media took off. Um, I was able to, you know, work on my personal branding while working on my online branding for, for a plethora of clients. Um, I've had the privilege of working on a lot of great clients kind of through my career, everything from, you know, uh, Sephora and the launch of Fenty to Chrysler to WestJet uh, to Dairy Queen and Magnum Ice Cream. It's always good to have an ice cream client as a, as a marketer. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of just progressed through PR into, uh, into advertising and now into more mass communications. And uh, it's been a wild ride, but I've loved it. Wow, there are two to three things I want to bookmark over there because I see your story so colorful. Um, first of all, is the idea of failure. So I love how you said that you got over the failure and pushed through it. But so many times failure is almost like painted colorfully or like made sound, made to sound beautiful, right? But it's not so beautiful when you're going through it. So what made you push through it and how did you persevere to ensure that you're striving for the future? Um. Okay, so I think I knew from a very early kind of age, like back in high school, I was on the student council, I was uh, head of their marketing committee, I knew very early on that I wanted to get into marketing and I was a natural born storyteller. Um, I've always loved talking to people, I've always loved kind of investigating people much like yourself. Uh, and I've always loved kind of creating stories for people and, and, and products and brands and occasions. Um, I think, you know, I was very privileged in the first couple of years of, of my career to kind of skyrocket pretty fast. Um, that came with its own obstacles of really having to kind of, you know, live up to expectations that you were kind of uh, pushed into super, super fast. And that could be very daunting. Uh, I think that gave me a lot of, uh, you know, personal hurdles to work over. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, kind of the real situations that, that made me step back and think and, and kind of uh, analyze my purpose and, and my, my true position in life came over the last, I would say, four years um, during quite a bit of turmoil in my industry and, and in my uh, personal life. And uh, I'm really proud of how I've kind of uh, circumvented that to become incredibly positive and, and in such a blessed place now. But, um, you know, I, my mantra has always been the same. And this is what's gotten me through all my problems is if I can just wake up and make someone smile, then I've done a good job, right? I, I can't cure cancer, although I'm working on, a, I'm working on several cancer uh, uh, pro, uh, programs right now. But, you know, I always said you can't cure cancer, but I can definitely make people smile. Um, and I see marketing, media, digital marketing, social media, um, blogging, you know, much like yourself as an opportunity just to bring a smile to someone's face. And, mm -hmm. and if you can do that in a day, then I think you've done a good job. Um, and I think that's what's really propelled me, even when I was kind of, you know, stumbling and falling and, and questioning kind of my place in life and, and my purpose, you know, always keeping that in the back of my mind is you're here to make people smile. So what can you do to, to achieve that? Um, and how can you use your skill set to 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 make the world a little bit of a better place? That's so beautiful, Andrew, because um, we're so motivated to make a big change or just change the world, but it's so vague, like we don't know where to start. So I love how you summarize in one sentence, like just make one person smile and that's enough change that we can create in every single day. 
Love that. And going back to original answer and making the most use of your enormous amount of experience with marketing, I want to learn from you, how can someone see themselves sort of as a personal, like a business and create a personal brand, like using that marketing mindset for your own self? Sure. So, you know, I've thought a lot about this over the last couple of years. When I first entered into the marketing kind of world, like I said, it was kind of like the beginning of social media. Um, Facebook for brands was just kind of kicking off. Same with Twitter. Um, those were the two primary platforms. This was even before Instagram, um, where people started to really, you know, create these brands uh, for themselves. You know, you saw in Hollywood kind of, you know, the Britney Spears, the Paris Hilton starting to create their own brands at that time. And they were very superficial. And unfortunately, I would say I kind of followed suit in a lot of that, you know, I and not not in a superficial way, maybe, but maybe just not in the most authentic way to me. Um, and that kind of journey through um, through to authenticity has has been has been a real journey for me. Um, you know, when I started out, I very much started creating a brand for myself that is what I thought people would would be drawn to, and they were. Um, and only did I realize once I started kind of being more authentic in my brand, um, you know, not just writing about kind of blogs that were trending, but writing about personal experiences in the industry, not just, you know, tweeting with uh, high level influencers who could, uh, who could move the needle on my career, starting to talk to real people and, and consumers about you know, what they wanted to see from, from programs, campaigns, companies, and brands. Um, you know, all of that just kind of really led me to where I am now, which is an integrated brand between kind of uh, what my career demands and what uh, my career has kind of led me to, and also my personal brand. You know, I think keeping so many people start out their career trying to impress people, trying to be something they're not and, and trying to be more than they are when mm -hmm. they need to just realize that, you know, you are who you are, you are where you are, and, and there's no problem with that. Always just keep moving forward and always keep trying. Um, and then you'll get to, you know, a, a better place. The moment you put authenticity into your brand or even a client's brand, you know, or a product's brand, the moment you have that authenticity and that, um, that kind of speaking of the truth to people, that's when people really start taking notice. And that's when people really start resonating with, you know, you or the message or the story that you're telling. Right. Um, one thing that is a very central theme to this podcast that you might be able to tell by the name is the uniqueness. So <laughs> underlying to authenticity comes the, I think, comes uniqueness and our unique value. Because thinking about it, like with brands, um, they can only be authentic if they know their unique value. So how do you bring out their unique value? And how can we bring out our unique value? <laughs> oh, uh, how do you bring out a brand and yourself's unique value? Um, I'll start with the brand because that's frankly, that's the easy one. Right. Um, you know, I always say to my clients, you can't be something you're not. Uh, I recently had a client that was, uh, you know, in the food uh, industry and mm -hmm. it was very, you know, kind of from farm to table uh, product. And they 
came to me and said, you know, I want you to position us as, you know, the Tesla of, uh, of, you know, uh, food and, and fresh food and I was like okay they're like they're like we want to have you know we want to have that Tim Cook apple styling and, and we want to mm -hmm. be you know really transparent and and we want people to to know really admire us uh through kind of simple communications and and I was like okay okay so then I started asking kind of about you know um who their leader, who their leaders in their company were, and then also who are the most junior people in their company. Uh, you know, really looking at the company as a holistic structure, and you know, everybody from kind of the people picking the vegetables to the CEOs who you know uh, who run the multi-million-dollar companies that that uh, that are an umbrella company of this this company. And what I very much kind of quickly realized is, I'm like, oh, you can't be those people. You, you aren't those people. And it was my job to tell them that it, you can't be that. Um, and, and that's a very difficult conversation to have. But I think the thing you always have to do with that is then turn it into a, but you can be. So, you know, I think yet again, this is where, uh, this is where my kind of happiness comes in is I can kind of hold the mirror up to people and hold the mirror up to brands and say, this isn't uh, who you want to be isn't who you are. So in order for us to tell the, that authentic story, you have to change who you are. Um, so this ends up resulting in, you know, better employee engagement, better employee recognition, um, you know, a, a, a company that kind of changed their HR structure. Um, and now, you know, I think six months later, they're really on that road to becoming that more authentic brand. Um, they're having better communications from top down from, and from bottom up. Um, and, you know, you can't fake authenticity and you can't fake truth. So, and people see straight through that. There are so many brands out there trying to be the, the Apples and Teslas of, of the world, but there are so many few brands that actually can, can uh, hold a candle to that. And it really starts with a lot of work. Um, and although they didn't appreciate the, you know, the feedback at the time, now as they're starting to see better employee engagement and, and, um, and better product, uh, coming out of that company because I held that mirror to them. Uh, now they're almost at a ready to uh, almost at a position where they can start telling that story uh, authentically. So you know that's how I that's how it can work for brands sometimes, and that's my example for for a particular brand. But how it works for yourself, that's it's a much harder question because I think you, holding your mirror, holding the mirror up to someone else is easy. Holding the mirror up to yourself is very hard. And that isn't a quick fix. That isn't something that can generally happen within, you know, six months or, or one fiscal year. That's something that has to come with maturing and finding out who you are and accepting who you are on all levels. And for me, that was realizing that the brand I was putting out there as a marketer to, mm -hmm. uh, start to kind of propel my career didn't always match with the brand of who I was as a natural person. Um, and only when I started marrying those two and I started showing my personality and I started showing my flaws and I started talking about my failures, did, did a spotlight get, show, uh, get shine, shown on, shine on me uh, much brighter? And did I embrace that? Um, and people saw me as more of an authentic, uh, authentic person who's, you know, going through many ups and, and, and quite a few downs. Um, and that really has led to a lot of my more recent success. 
Um, what's coming to my mind right now is how marketing is almost seen to like marketing always sounds like something making something more than what it is but I love throughout your answers the central theme has been keeping it authentic is the best marketing you can create absolutely right. <laughs> and, if, and if it's not authentic then make it authentic and then we'll tell that story mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of other stories other than authenticity that you can tell you know uh to to start to start off whether it's just product or or something like that but the second you get into trying to kind of hook those uh emotional cues or or you know, uh, especially in the last kind of year, I would say COVID has really changed uh, transparency within companies as people are really checking where they put their money and they're looking mm -hmm. for they align with with their values. Uh, so right now it's far more prevalent than, than ever before. But, you know, it is definitely a journey for brands and for and for yourself. Um, just out of curiosity, do you have a model for recognizing what is the core problem or challenge in a company because um yeah like i'm just curious like how do you identify like what is wrong or what is it that needs to be changed um very delicately because no one likes to be told they need to change <laughs> yeah. um, and it is, this is i will say this is something that is it's you know one out of every 10 clients you mm -hmm. you have these type of issues a lot of the time you know it is really just very uh, product focused or campaign focused stuff. You're not looking at the you know holisticness of the company um, or the category doesn't demand it, such as like confectionery or you know even restaurants sometimes, but uh, or or retail. Um, but other things when you start getting into the health sector, when you start getting into financial sector, that authenticity is important uh, from mm -hmm. top down and bottom up. Um, yeah. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um, Andrew, you're a strategist and I want to hear how can we, I would love to learn from you, how can we use that strategic thinking in our daily lives or in any way that we can because it sounds so cool, first of all, <laughs> being a strategist and yeah, I would just love to hear any models or any thoughts that you have on it. Right, so I'm, I apologize to Beth, there's no model. <laughs> um, there's <laughs> okay. no formula. There's no yeah. model. Every agency, every marketing agency, and I would say every marketer has a different process and a different model that they follow. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have one. I would say each program, each process, each model is unique to each person and each brand. Um, I think one thing that I've really uh, benefited greatly from is you know, I find people really kind of speak in their echo chamber, uh, where they really hear what they want to hear, and, and they really um, look for information that's going to benefit them. Um, in marketing, a lot of the time, this is, you know, marketing managers talking to marketing managers at an agency, senior people talk to senior people, CEOs talking to CEOs. Um, something I like to do, I call Ask the Janitor. Um, every program I have, every company I work for, every uh, client I have, uh, I like to ask why, I like to interview and, and, and investigate, um, you know, the, the attributes and, and the purpose and, and, and the positioning of everybody in the company. So even from janitor to CEO, you know, from, from cashier at a, at a retail location to, you know, the designer making those clothes. Um, I think it's really, you know, when you have that holistic view of a company, um, that's how you can kind of start telling stories. Not everybody does that. 
but I think it it helps me understand a better um, understand better the the real the real product and the real company and the real purpose behind uh, what what a business is trying to do. Now, when you kind of think about how that can work for you personally, mm -hmm. um, I think you know compassion hasn't always been my strong suit. Uh, I think it's very hard to be a strategist because you're constantly putting yourself in other people's shoes. And that can sometimes be a painful experience. And it can also be a, a moment for you to really check your own privilege. Um, and that is a privilege in itself, is, is kind of being able to, you know, go into different people's struggles, different people's problems, uh, and different people's, you know, uh, opportunities for advancement. Um, and seeing the challenges that they have and overcoming them. I think this is one reason why, you know, I was talking to you earlier, it's so important for senior marketing people to mentor, uh, mentor young marketing people and, and for, you know, I would say millennials to, uh, to start educating and, and helping, you know, the, the, gen, uh, the gen Xs, Gen Zs of, of the next generation. Um, it's, there's just no there's no formula. You really just have to follow your heart and follow your passion. Um, you know, I'm really privileged in that I've always known I was a marketer. So I've always loved that storytelling. So, you know, and it happens to be, I'm, I'm good at it. And I understand that's a privilege. So what I try to do is use that to, to keep the door open for other people um, and to, to advance other people as, as others uh, helped me advance. So, you know, I think for companies it's very based in authenticity and for a person is based in authenticity, but it's also based in support from others. Uh, and I think that's something that I really try to do is, is uh, support others while, uh, while I advance. It's called carry while you climb. So as I climb, you carry yeah. other people with you. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew, you know, it's so surprising to me. In fact, like given your personality, I understand it. But with marketers, usually the image is that competitive analysis, competition, focusing so much on what the other brand is doing. And it's sort of comes as shocking or ironic that you're talking about compassion instead of competition. So what let's just talk a little bit more about what role has compassion played in your life and in making the brands successful that you worked with? Um, I'll give an example. Mm -hmm. uh, a good example, like I said, compassion's not always been my strong point in my personal life. Uh, in, my, in my career, I think it's been something I've definitely uh, looked to as, as a tool and as insight um, since the beginning. Uh, but I'll give my example. So last year I was working on a major beer brand. Um, and we were looking at, uh, this was kind of like right at the beginning of 2020, and we were looking at the year ahead, and, and we were, you know, we were in such a world of, of fear and turmoil, and we didn't know kind of, um, you know, where the world was going at that point, you know, cut to a year later, we still barely know, but, uh, but it was really interesting to me to hear the other strategists and the other marketers on, on the brand talk completely brush over what was happening in, in, in the kind of the world of 2020 and only focus on product consumption. Um, you know, I think it was fortunate for them knowing that beer is always going to be consumed. 
uh, beer is, has been steady. There's, there's, you know, even during the economic crash of 2008, and I guarantee back in the 1920s during the Great Depression, um, you know, it was uh, beer, beer stayed steady. Um, but I found it very shortcoming of, of the other marketers and other practitioners not to see how we can go beyond, beyond a consumption role in, in, the, in the place that we play in people's lives and that we can um, not help them on a deeper level. Um, you know, I think when you're dealing with a brand that's huge, like a beer brand, it's, it's, it's your privilege and it's your job. To, to think outside the box of how you can help your customers and how you can ease that. Um, you know, I think the brand that I was working on uh, really was focus, focusing on very superficial things. You know, the usual beer stuff, handing out for your beer mugs and cozies and t-shirts and giving away, you know, tickets to events that we didn't even know when were gonna happen. Um, as opposed to, you know, challenging the brand and saying, okay, what are the real pain points that are happening in our customers' lives? How can we actually help them, you know? Um, what can we do that will, you know, not just sell our product, but will will benefit the community that they live in? Um, you know, this was a very uh, Canadian brand. It was like, well, it's time to get back to Canada. And I think those ideas and those uh, insights that I brought weren't listened to. Uh, cut to six months later when they saw that 2020 kind of was just progressing and uh, continuing to be of challenge to everybody. That's when they came back to me and they said, okay, let's reassess how we can actually do some, some help and, and, and help mm -hmm. the communities that, that have supported us for so long. And it takes a long time for, for a brand to realize that, um, that they have the power to do good and the responsibility to do good and not just uh, skim over, you know, terrible things that are happening in the world. Uh, and it only creates more brand love. And, and the feedback that we got from some of the kind of uh, soft start in that more authentic uh, problem solving for our customers place um, has been overwhelming. You know, it's like, there's a difference between, yeah, I love your beer. And then like, you know, like, oh, wow, you're actually making a difference in my community through mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Um, you said taking responsibility over there. And I want to understand the importance of taking responsibility because yeah, <laughs> any opinions or thoughts on that? Uh, oh God, taking responsibility. Um, I think people, you know, and what I would say to your audience, especially as they as they graduate, is um, you're going to fail. You're going to come up with terrible ideas. You're going to put terrible ideas forward. Um, you know, you're going to stumble. You're going to miss opportunities. You're going to, you know, uh, you're you're, go you're going to you're going to land on your face. But the important thing, and something I've always believed in, is getting up and keep going. Uh, you know, I wish now I could tell you know myself eight years ago or ten years ago when I was starting my career. I wish I could tell you that those are that those stumbles and falls are the things that will teach you the the most um, and that will get you to to where you're going. And they need to happen. You need to fail uh, in order to succeed. Because if you only succeed, you're not learning. Um, and you need to learn. People hate learning, you know, it's so yeah. from looking to, to, you know, uh, uh, a soon-to-be graduate, but like, you know, I think there's a thing that when you graduate from school, you're like, okay, I know everything, 
And it's like, no, no, you're Mm -hmm. just at the beginning and you're just at the beginning of failing, but failing is not a problem. Failing is an opportunity to learn and and it's an opportunity to grow. And I know it sounds so cheesy, but it is, it's what makes it great because that's what makes you, um, you know, spot another, another potential failure down the road and avoid it and course correct and create, you know, a life or, or programs or strategies that can defend against uh, those failing moments. Oh, I love that. And thank you so much for speaking so um, in such a simple and understandable way to our audience, because these concepts are overcomplicated. <laughs> I love how simple you make them sound. So I think we're nearing the end of the interview, but Andrew, thank you so much for everything you shared here. And I'm pretty sure the audience enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> it's been an absolute privilege. Uh, you're wonderful. I love your podcast. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing your time and energy with the Unique You podcast. I'm grateful to have been a part of your day. Hopefully what I shared with you today will not only resonate with you, but will also help you on the journey we share to help others escape their unnecessary suffering. If this episode did help you today, then be sure to share it with someone else you know will need it. That mission you and I share will only be achieved when we share with others what has helped us. I hope I can help you further in creating a wholesome life after graduation and make your transition into adulthood smoother. You can always find me at A-O-N-U-S-H-K-A at mystinct.com. That is M-I-S-T-I-N-C-T dot com. Or sign up for the free summit we have coming up called the Blueprint for Life After College Summit. And this is your complete guide to a wholesome life. So I hope to see you in the summit and you can find it on my website m-i-s-t-i-n-c-t again dot com so it's mystinct.com i hope to see you there my friend take care